Hi, this is Allison Sheridan of the Nocillacast podcast, hosted at podfeet.com, a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. Today is Sunday, March 29th, 2020, and this is show number 777. Well, I'm terribly sad to say that this is the last week of CES interviews. I want to thank Steve yet again for his tireless work putting these together. He not only happily does the recording during the convention, he exports just the audio portion to a folder on our Drobo, so I'll have it for the show. He edits the videos, adding the graphics and music, topping and tailing it, as Don would say. He looks up the contact information to make sure he has the person's name called out properly. He looks up specific information from the vendors about the products and figures out their Twitter handle. He posts it all to YouTube and adds all the tags. He checks to make sure that YouTube has auto-generated captions, and if it hasn't, for some odd reason, which does happen from time to time, he pipes the audio out to auto AI and he generates the SRT file for closed captions and imports it back into YouTube so the hearing impaired can read along. He tweets it, he puts it in our Facebook group, and he posts it to our Slack community, and then he updates our Airtable database. And you know what I do? I drag the audio file into Hindenburg. Yep, the first few months of the year are so very relaxing for me. I can concentrate on programming, I can work on my screencast online videos, I take longer dog walks, and I even watch a little TV at night. But that gravy train is over for this year after this show. This week's Chit Chat Across the Pond is the brilliant Rosemary Orchard. Rosemary is the author of the Take Control of Shortcuts book and co-host of the Automators podcast with David Sparks at Relay.fm. I asked Rosemary to come on the show because I absolutely love automation, maybe not as much as her, but I've never figured out a single shortcut that was actually useful to me. I asked her to come on and let me play the recalcitrant child saying things like, shortcuts are dumb. And then she would play the part of the patient teacher and show me how to do some useful things. We had a really, just an absolute blast talking. It's sort of a hands-on episode where she actually creates some shortcuts live while we're talking and she walks us through how she's doing it. Now, after the show, I chatted with her about a few other things I thought shortcuts could do. And before I could even try to make one, she had sent me the solution. You know, I'm always messing up the episode numbers because evidently adding one to the previous episode number is completely beyond my skill set. Well, she created a shortcut for the shows to solve this. All I have to do now is say, hey, S lady, next chit chat across the pond. And she will tell me the number. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Well, she did this by grabbing my RSS feed, grabbing the last episode from that feed, and then parsing the episode number using regular expressions, just like we learned about in Programming by Stealth. And then she does the highly critical task of adding one to the last number. I thought it was brilliant. I did kind of try to do this myself, but I'm definitely not skilled enough yet to have pulled it off. The good news is that I will never say the wrong episode ever, ever again. As always, you can find this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond in your podcatcher of choice by looking for Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, or you can listen right over at podfeet.com. All right, let's get started with one of the CES interviews. One of the big problems we're, we're facing in our digital technology today is that so much is screen-based that we have no tactile feedback uh, I've complained on my show, I've got a Tesla, and I can't change the air vents without using a screen, which means I have to look away from the from the view of the car, the way I want to be driving, and I don't think that's very safe. And it looks like Canvas may have a solution for that. So I'm talking to Greg, to- uh, sorry, Greg Topol 
of Canvas. Tell us about this. Yeah, so exactly right. So what we're doing is we want to make an experience that is more tangible than just a vision-based input device. So we've created a touchscreen that allows you to feel what you see. So as you just said, one of the major applications that we've worked with and actually just announced a partnership with Intellux today is solving the problem of the distracted driver. The idea of... Who's the partnership with again? Uh, Intellux. Okay. So Intellux makes displays for, they're both a tier one and tier two for automotive manufacturers. So we are working on a couple of uh, automotive programs and they are tier one. So wait a minute, it's a touch screen, but I can, I'm going to be able to feel this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually there visually, this is a good example here. So what we can do here is this uh, circle right there is where it activates the, the knob. And and this is audio as well as video, so I'm going to describe a little bit. We see a little knob on screen. Yep, we see a knob on the screen, and there's a little button. There's a little circle uh, that, that that is where the active place is. I can feel where that active place is through a little bit of texture. Can I feel it? Go for it. Oh yeah, so it's, the screen is sort of jiggling when I got near the knob, ah. near the near that button. That's right. So, well, I, I should just to clarify, there is no moving parts. So what that? Oh, come on. Ah, I know. And there's more. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually no moving parts. What we're actually doing is we're calling electroadhesion. We actually create an electric field underneath your finger. It attracts your skin to the screen. It's nothing more. Really? Than, yeah, yeah. So but, it's but a, then, so it's it's an electrical impulse that's coming to my finger. Uh, it's a capacitance. So we're actually capacitance. Okay. Yeah. So we're attracting your skin. We're not putting any energy into you. We're just attracting you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Isn't that really is a good idea. So the idea though is that I want to take a vision-based knob and make it so that I can actually tactily interact with it rather than having to do it visually. You just said it. 20, 15, 20 years ago, we used to be able to navigate our screen through the sense of touch. I could glance down and find kind of roughly where I wanted to be, but the finer tuning of finding that control, turning finding the volume that radio up to, station. Exactly. Turning it once. All that used to be able to done while keeping my eyes on the road. Actually, yeah, a lot of those actually even had like little bumps, they had little detents, so you'd know when you when you turn it up. That's right. Steve, that's you right. gotta try this. <laughs> Steve's doing the recording, but I'm that's gonna have right. him reach in and do it too. That's right. it's, uh, when you're on it, you absolutely can feel where that is. That's, right. That's really interesting that, that it's capacitance. Yes. Um, so this is not a standard screen. It's, this is the technology That's that you're right. selling. So right? this is both a multi-touch sensor and a haptic touchscreen. So this is, our, this is our solution. And what's beautiful about it is that because there's no moving parts, we are completely independent of size or shape. So when screens start to get curved, it makes no difference to us. Oh, okay, okay. I'd like to say that that's kind of a harmony of our technology. So regardless if it's a small little screen or a large display, any kind of haptic response will feel exactly the same in any case. Interesting, interesting. So can you do more than just a little knob button there? Oh, we can do anything you want. So uh, this is probably a little different than uh, maybe what you're expecting here. Gillette so. baby face, it Gillette says. Baby How does a beard feel? So I can feel his beard? <laughs> Wait, I'm feeling stuff all. Oh, wherever I go over his beard, I can feel yeah, it. So it's, it's, Steve and I are touching it, guys. We're both touching it and feeling it, though. Well, actually, so this is our older is generation it? technology where only one can feel at a time. Our Gen 3, our new one, is multi touch. Multi, oh, okay. multi touch. So he was stealing some touch he for was me. He was stealing some touch. So you know. can I shave this face now? Oh, well, you gotta add some shaving cream okay. first. Oh, so I don't shave my face. Okay. And now I'm gonna shave, and I'm gonna actually feel what it feels like to shave. So where you're shaving now is smooth, and where you haven't shaven yet is still rough. Oh, wow. Okay, so, that's crazy. I'm so, shaving some poor guy's nose right yes, now. Yes, you are. So actually I'm, actually, I'm happy to say that we actually won a Silver Lion Award from the Colin Awards a couple years ago on this application. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so 
<laughs> nope. I want to do dinosaur reveal. Go for the dinosaur reveal. We love feel, this experience. Feel the sand. This is a great example of a, of a, of a application maybe for museums. So obviously everything in a museum is supposed to be interactive, supposed to be engaging. What more way of engaging? Rather than just being a visual, now you tactically can feel that sand being removed. And now you can feel those, those dinosaur bones. Oh, wow. So Steve has just used a paintbrush to, to uh, a little brush to get the uh, sand off the dinosaur. That's right. I want to touch a dinosaur. <laughs> Steve is touching the dinosaur. So, so, nice so this might be interesting for accessibility as well. You're absolutely right. So accessibility is obviously a major problem for, for uh, touchscreens. Obviously, the idea is that you have a vision-based input device with someone who has no vision. So we can actually make it so that there's textures for text or, or visuals. Obviously, voice recognition is a big part of how people with vision impairment interact with it. But the problem is they still don't know what's on the screen. We Can, make can it so you do Braille? You cannot do Braille, but we can change what Braille is. So Braille actually hooks into your finger. We're just doing friction. So there are two different ways of doing it. But sure. we can change Braille. Uh, yeah. that's, 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 that's a long road. Big goal. Long, long game. Long well, game. I didn't lead with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I did walk you into it. Okay, we got music control. Oh, that was you the one we had. One. What was the, oh, the texture catalog was really fun. So yeah. there's a screen that says choppy, and it's basically got some, some vertical lines, and I can feel those with my finger. Got it. And then grainy is more like the sand we we're on, and then fine is a bunch of little tiny lines. It's almost like the And then wavy. Oh, and wavy is actually, that actually feels like it's got depth going in and out. Yeah, Try this one, Steve, this, this wavy one. Oh, yeah. you played with wavy already. So the interesting thing about that wavy is a good example of what happens when you can do a little friction change. We actually are changing your acceleration, deceleration all across the screen by a little friction, but it feels like you're going up and down these bumps. Oh, it absolutely does. All right, this is very cool. So this is not an end, pro uh, end user product. This is a B2B product that you work with. The uh, your, your main focus is going to be uh, car screens. So we're, we're starting with automotive. Uh, it's actually one of our major focuses right now. But certainly with MIMO monitors, we have a digital sign uh, solution. This 10-inch screen can be used for retail, restaurants, museums. And so we're actively promoting that as well. But the, the main focus that we have of a company is automotive. It's a major opportunity where we can really solve a problem, number one, being distracted drivers. And number two, these screens are getting larger and curved. Our technology works right along with those shapes. That, that's the saving lives category. That's that's big stuff. That's, that's big stuff. That's the big stuff. This is very cool. So if someone wanted to see this, they won't get to touch it if they look at it on the web. But where would they go to see your technology? Well, there's actually a couple places. Uh, we've we've been in some museums uh, in the past, but uh, so right now, or actually currently, as we speak today, at the California Academy of Sciences, we actually have two displays that are being shown there. Uh, but uh, I would expect a little bit later this year, you're going to start to see some different applications. Um, but but of course, ultimately, we want to see this in a in a car very, very soon. There you go. Is there a website they can go to to see your stuff? Of course, www.tanvas.co. We are selling a dev kit, so if you want to go ahead and buy it and try it for yourself, uh, you can do that. And so we have an SDK that allows you to create your own textures and all sorts of fun things. That's crazy. So with the SDK, though, you need, you need a device as well. Well, that's what comes along. So for, for the, for, but when you purchase it, you actually get this device right here, this MIMA monitor product, along with their SDK and their API. And you're off the races. Oh, man, that's fun. That's yeah. very cool. So it's T-A-N-V-A-S dot C-O. Thank you very much, Greg. This is fantastic. Absolute pleasure. Well, I thought that was really cool. Those Tanvis touchscreens were amazing. Uh, it's you, If you're listening and uh, you really want to go over and see the video because you can see what we're seeing. You can't quite feel it, though, but maybe someday. 
I, uh, I I would love to hear that a Nocilla Castaway got the development kit for this and did something fun. That would be really, really nifty. And I, I know this is definitely in the far future category, but it was really fun to actually see that future. Having just gotten an electric vehicle, I'm really interested in uh, charging solutions. And so I made a point of going to the ChargePoint booth, and I'm talking to Danny Allen about ChargePoint. What exactly is ChargePoint? Yeah, so ChargePoint is the leading provider of EV charging solutions. So we operate the largest network of public charging stations in the, the country. And we also offer charging solutions for every application. So at CES, we're promoting ChargePoint Home Flex, which is our newest, uh, fastest, flexible and future-proof home charger. Let's walk, let's walk over by that. It looks like we've got one of them right here. So this is, a, this is a solution that goes in your home, correct? Yeah, so if you're an EV driver, one of the most convenient places to charge is at your house because your car is parked there you know, for eight hours overnight anyway. So you can install a home level two charger like ChargePoint Home Flex and um, you know, have the confidence that you're gonna wake up in the morning with a full charge. Yeah, that's where that's where I like to charge for sure. This is cool. Are you watching this, Steve? When I'm plugging it in, it's turning bright green. It's got a little ball swivel on it. That's pretty. I'm liking it. So this is a unit you would buy in your home. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are the specs on that, the, all that amps and volt stuff? Yeah, so it's a level two charger. So it's two, 240 volt power. Um, it can be uh, set to charge between 16 amps and 50 amps. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, so it's flexible, um, you know, depending on uh, your, your home's electrical capacity and the type of car that you have today. Um, so we like to call it future-proof because um, you, know, you can set it at the amperage that works for you today, but you can know that you can increase the amperage if you get another car in the future or get one with a longer battery range. Yeah, so uh, my audience knows that I did a section on how long does it take to, to uh, charge your car. And there's a lot of variables that go into it. And one of them is how many amps you're going to draw and what your, the, the current is of your house. So having that be as flexible as that is, is interesting. Now, I understand that, so this is for the home, but, but companies can buy similar devices or is it the same device? Uh, similar. So it's different. Um, for public charging, there are a few other elements that you want to have in the, the charging hardware. Uh, so for example, our uh, CT4000 station, it's the, it's the primary station that um, you know, workplaces or parking garages or uh, retail locations buy. It's got uh, uh, a screen so that the driver who's coming up, they know, you know what the price of electricity is, how to use it, how to start a, a charging session. But The instructions are really good on those. I've, I've looked at them. I did it wrong like the first 12 times, but it wasn't your fault. It was I was missing a fundamental piece of the equation. I needed to have a, a charge point account. I kept trying to do it and just make it go without an account, so that's why it didn't work for me. Uh, but those I've seen those in a lot of places. I've seen them at hotels. I've seen them in uh, parking garages, like you say, at malls. And so the, the business model is you sell it to them and then they decide whether or not to make it publicly available? Yeah, so we provide the charging hardware and software solutions to the site host or the owner of the station. Um, so our software and our network and our hardware allows them to achieve whatever goals they want to achieve with their offering charging to their constituents. That's very cool. Now, they can also choose whether or not to make it publicly available or keep it private, correct? Yeah, that's right. So um, the site host can specify the pricing uh, that they want to charge for electricity. That can be dynamic. So for example, the first hour could be free, but after that they could 
increase the, the price of electricity. They can decide whether it's uh, publicly seen on the, the ChargePoint app or if it's just private to a select individual. So there's a lot of different um, you know, features and, and settings that they can use with the ChargePoint software. That's very cool. I did. That was one of the times I screwed up and wasn't able to use it. I tried to use it at Google, but I think Google has it restricted to their own employees, which makes sense because it's a perk of working there. And I was like, oh, cool, free electricity from Google. And it did not work out that way. I also didn't have a ChargePoint account yet. So <laughs> I was doing everything wrong trying to do it. What about the different uh, adapter nozzle things? I mean, I don't know what you call those, What you? because my car takes a different adapter than other cars, right? Yeah, so uh, this is the J1772 connector. Um, it's the standard uh, among all different uh, passenger vehicles in the United States, except for Tesla. But Tesla owners, uh, all of them get an adapter that they can put onto the 1772 connector and then plug in. Okay. It's weird that I actually know J1772 because <laughs> I remember looking at that and I have this this bag of adapters in my car and that is one of them. You're right. This is very cool. So if people want to find uh, charge point stations for their electric vehicles, how would they find it? Yeah. Um, well, if you're a driver and you're uh, looking for public stations, I would download the ChargePoint app. It's free on iOS and Android. But get an account. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an account is, is important. Um, and then uh, if you're uh, a homeowner or a driver that wants to install a ChargePoint HomeFlex in your home, just go to chargepoint.com uh, slash home and you'll be able to see the options there. And if you're uh, a business owner or someone who wants to offer EV charging to your audience or you know your constituents, um, chargepoint.com will also have uh, the information there. Very good. Uh, can I ask you the uh, price point on the ChargePoint uh, Home? Yeah, ChargePoint Home Flex uh, MSRP is $699. Okay, that's not bad at all. Very good. Thank you very much, Danny. This yeah. is great. Thank you. A whole lot of people are trying to figure out how to work from home these days. And for nerds like us, it's kind of like, well, you just work like from home. And I think we take for granted the infrastructure that we built, that we have cameras and we have microphones and we have displays and we have laptops. And, and, and I don't think it's natural for people like us to actually grasp how hard this is for people. And I have an illustration for it of a story I want to tell you about a good friend of mine. This friend of mine is a district court judge, so he's a, a reasonably bright boy. You know, I mean, he kind of knows a lot. He's a smart guy. And he called me up and he was in an absolute panic. He had been sent home, been told he had to work from home, and they gave him a, a court-issued iPad. And he said, now, I've used this before, but they gave me a, a, a keyboard for it, but they didn't give me the charger, and I don't know what to do. And I said, I said, well, you know, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's probably a micro USB. And I said, oh, who makes the uh, the keyboard? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know who makes the keyboard. This is an unknowable fact. I'm like, okay, it's knowable, but all right. I, I said, tell you what, take a picture of it and text it to me. He goes, oh, I don't know if I can text you a picture. I don't know how to do it. I, I mean, I, this, this is really hard, Allison. I mean, this isn't easy for people like me. And I'm like... You can't text a picture? Okay, okay. But he says he says he thinks he can try to do it. And I say, okay, do it. And he goes, well, no, 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 I got I got to hang up first. I'm like, well, actually, you don't have to hang up, but okay, fine. Go ahead and hang up, text me the picture. And I said, and while you're at it, look for any holes in this product that would let me know, it would help me figure out what you need. I figure I'm going to see a micro USB port, right? So he texts me the photo and, you know, it's upside down and, and, and hard to see what it is. And, and the photo of the hole in it is, of course, micro USB, but it's, but it's way out of focus and everything. And I look at the picture and I can tell that it's the Logitech um, 
I forget which model keyboard, but it happens to be the same one that I bought my mother-in-law. So I know which one it is. And of course, it's got a micro USB on it. So I can give, a, I, we're going to be fine. So he calls me back and I said, I said, yeah, you know, it's uh, all you need is micro USB. Oh, I don't know what that is. I mean, I can't possibly, I, oh, this is a terrible thing. And I said, well, no, I'm sure you've got some of this laying around, you know, I mean, you must have some sort of, you know, old cell phone or some sort of battery charger, maybe. No, no, Allison, we only have Apple products. We only have whatever you told us to buy. We don't have anything like that. No, it's not possible. And I said, okay, okay, it's it's okay. I, I have a gallon-sized Ziploc filled with exactly the thing you need, and I don't need it back. I don't need any of these. So I found, uh, I think it's actually a BlackBerry charger block. It was a little little uh, um, five-watt charger, you know, and uh, anyway, he came over and got it from me, and it was like I had made fire, and it just really brought into focus that people who are highly competent in their lives really don't know how to do this. So if you get a chance to help anybody, help them out. Well, in that vein, Tom Merritt asked his co-host to join him for a Daily Tech News Show bonus show for us to talk about our home audio video setups. He was thinking if we shared our setups, it might help people who are suddenly working from home for the first time to get some ideas for their own audio and video streaming. Now, my first move was to share a link to Tom of my live, sh my live show setup documentation. Now, this was purely for the comedy because it's pretty insane. Each time I get things stable, I think up some new cool thing I can do. If you doubt me, see last week's uh, show where I talked about how I was trying to figure out how to broadcast live Memoji video of me instead of my real video from when my hair gets too long without a haircut for months on end. Then I found out there will be a pretty big group of people on the show, so if I was going to get maybe even five full minutes to talk about it, it would be a miracle. I also thought, even if I had a lot of time, would that level of complexity really help someone who's working from home for the first time? So I sat back and I looked at my tools and I thought about what makes the process easier, more comfortable, and actually improves the quality of my end products, but doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Let's start with talking about microphones. Alex Lindsay once said that the single most important thing about video is audio. Now, that sounds counterintuitive, but I think uh, podcaster and Catholic priest Father Roderick Von Hogan put it best many years ago when I heard him speak. He said, bad audio is fatiguing. Now, you can resonate to that, right? But do you really need a $350 high LPR 40 microphone to sound pretty darn good? Well, I did a shootout a long time ago between the inexpensive Audio-Technica ATR2100 and that, uh, that high LPR40 I mentioned, and for the money, the ATR2100 performed really, really well. If you like Bart Bouchot's voice on his shows and mine, you're listening to an ATR2100. It's not only a great sounding mic, it can convert from, uh, or it can connect, I should say, via USB to your computer it can also connect via XLR when you're ready to upgrade to the next level with an audio interface. The price of the ATR2100 fluctuates a bit, sometimes as low as $60, bucks, but the retail price is generally around $99. I went to Amazon to pull a link to give to Tom, one of my Amazon affiliate links, of course, and I was positively shocked to see it on Amazon for $225. Sometimes you'll see this when a device is no longer being produced and the ATR2100 has been around for ages, but I looked over at B&H and it was listed at the normal re retail price of $99. Now, I love me an Amazon affiliate link, but I am not going to recommend something for more than double the price just to make a couple of percent commission. 
Now, the good news is that I, uh, when I went back to grab a screenshot for the article I wrote, the link to this jacked up price had been removed. Now, Amazon has now listed the ATR 2100X, which is the same mic with, but with an improved on-off switch, and it, it was listed again back to the normal $99 price. It looks like Amazon caught up with these price gouger folks and shut them down. Probably one of the most useful things I've added to my studio is a boom arm to hold my microphone. This might seem like overkill, but if you're working from home and that work area is dual use, it's important to be able to clear it quickly. Having my mic on a boom arm allows me to swing it out of the way when I'm not recording or streaming. When I am recording, I still have my desk in front of me clear. I don't have a, a, a microphone stand sitting in front of me. Now, up to a limit, the closer you are to your mic, the better the audio will sound. If you're even a little far from the mic, it will it'll pick up a lot of room sound. With a mic on a stand on your desk, you will always be fighting it to find a position where you can be right up on the mic and yet still get to your keyboard and mouse or trackpad. Now, a lot of people will go for the Blue Yeti, which I don't really recommend. When it's not, I don't know, it's a capable mic and it does come built into a stand, but it's super heavy and annoying to get out of the way. If it's on a boom, it's right where you need it, but only when you need it. Now, you can spend a fortune on a boom arm, but the Blue Designs Compass Boom Arm is only $100 on Amazon, or you can get it directly from Blue. The Blue Compass has nice cable management to hide the mess and has pretty smooth operation. Now, one thing a lot of people don't think to do when on a conference call is to wear headphones. But if you don't wear headphones and instead let the audio come out of the external speakers, that audio can feed right back into your microphone to the people you're talking to. It makes for one of the worst experiences. In my opinion, this makes headphones mandatory. If you're going to be on a lot of conference calls and other streaming situations, you're going to want a pair of headphones that are really comfortable. Maybe you can wear earbuds for six hours a day and be happy. Most people can't. I prefer to wear over-the-ear headphones. 13 years ago, I tried on a pair of Bose wired headphones at an Apple store, and they felt like I was putting on a pair of expensive soft leather gloves for my ears. I didn't care about the audio quality, but the comfort sold me on these. The audio quality is good, of course, but that's not something I care about. After about a decade, the glorious ear cups started to disintegrate, and I was sad. But Steve was able to find replacements, so that investment has lasted me a very, very long time. Now, Bose sells the QuietComfort 35 Bluetooth headphones, which might work well, but they do cost $275. If you can deal with a wire like I do, the Bose QuietComfort 25S is a little bit less expensive at $190. Like I said, these things have lasted forever. Again, you, don't, you definitely do not have to buy Bose or even over the ear, but think about comfort and don't skimp on this accessory. Now, webcams come in a lot of computers, but they're often not really great quality. If you're using a laptop, the angle at which the screen is comfortable might not be an angle that's flattering for the camera. I highly recommend, as do just about everybody, uh, I can highly recommend the Logitech C920 webcam. It's got 1080p resolution and it gives a real nice wide angle view and gathers a lot of light. Now, when I was writing this, all of the links to the Logitech C920 on Amazon were serious price gouging. They're running anywhere from $250 to $330. Based on my research, I expect that Amazon will crack down on these as well, but we can still maybe buy from other resources. When I was writing this up, you could still buy it directly from Logitech for $79 and Best Buy for $70.
Now, unfortunately, I've checked these recently when I was trying to help uh, my buddy Rod Simmons buy one, and they weren't available anywhere because apparently every single person on Earth has found out that the Logitech C920 is the camera of choice for working from home. But the main thing is, don't don't pay $250, $300 for this thing. Do not do that. Keep your eye on Logitech.com. Look at Best Buy. Look at B&H Photo. Just try and, try and look around to other sources, and, and you might be able to find it at the right price. Now, as of the time I wrote this article up, I was able to find the Logitech C920S, which is the same camera, but with a privacy shutter. And, you know, that can be really nice if you're recording in your home. Uh, at the time, that was only $70 on B&H Photo. Again, it's gone right now. The last time I checked, it might be back. But keep an eye on these different sources. Don't just think Amazon. Now, if you're on Windows, the Logitech cameras come with a very capable driver, but they don't ship a Mac driver. Do not get the Logitech driver. It's just stupid. The cameras will work out of the box on a Mac, but if you want more control, I really highly recommend webcam settings from Mac Terrace, which is available in the Mac App Store. I think it's like eight bucks, something like that. Anyway, webcam settings allows you to adjust the white balance. You can zoom in to hide the clutter from that wide angle lens. You can turn off autofocus because by default, the C920 enables autofocus. And as long as you stay perfectly still, it works okay. But if you move around just a little bit, you'll notice your image goes out of focus and back in, which is very distracting to your videos. But anyway, a big, big shout out to Mac Terrace for webcam settings. Now, you know how if you try to take a picture without enough light, the image is going to be blurry if your subject moves even a little bit? Well, it turns out the same thing happens with video. If you don't have enough light on your face, your image will look blurry and smeary to your viewers. Make sure to have a light in front of you. You can add some backlighting, which also helps, but try to set up your work area so you always have light on your face. Now, you don't have to have a fancy LED light panel, but just make sure you have front lighting. With webcam settings or the built-in driver for the Logitech C920, you can change the exposure time so you can get the crispest possible picture. Now, I haven't used this one yet, but I bought the Nayu light desk lamp on a boom arm with a ring of dimmable LEDs for Steve for his birthday for his studio lighting. But shh, don't tell him. His birthday's not for a few weeks. Well, I hope in a few months we can get back to trusting the first price we see. Last week, I tried to buy some sparkling water for $13, thinking at the last minute, hey, I should check that price. And I found out the going retail price for sparkling water for that volume was $3. Before you buy any gear, check around and make sure the price isn't inflated by unethical profiteers. Last week, I explained that I wanted you to stop your Patreon contributions if you're in any way affected financially by the current situation in the world. One listener, Lewis Butler, did just the opposite. He became a patron of the Podfeed podcast. This is completely unexpected, and I really appreciate it. But seriously, folks, we'll be fine here if you feel you have to stop for a while. If you're looking for a non-financial method of supporting the show, maybe write a review in whatever iTunes is calling itself now. What is it? Is the podcast app, maybe? Or go over to our Slack group at podfeed.com slack and contribute some thoughts. Add, uh, you know, links of cool things you found. Add deals you find in our deals channel. Or maybe give some encouragement to the Nocilla Castaways who post in our channel called NC Show Off. It's a channel designed for the community to show off cool things that they've done. I love this channel because it gives members the invitation to show off things they're excited about. 
Bart posts there when a new episode of Let's Talk Apple or Let's Talk Photography goes up. Alistair recently posted an article he wrote as a follow-on to the DxO Photo Lab review he did last year for uh, the Nosilicast. He demonstrates in that post before and after images on how much better sharpening and clarity he gets with DxO over Luminar. The Mac Quad posts whenever he's live-streaming his music channel on Audio Reverb. And Dorothy just posted some stunning photos of tulips using the new Olympus macro lens she got for Christmas. You know, the community is so important to me. I hope you'll join in the fun and leave your wallets to better endeavors. Everybody loves a good keyboard, and one of my favorite keyboard companies is Matthias. So I'm here with Selena from Matthias, and she's going to tell us about their existing products and the new things they're announcing right now. Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming by. Okay, so I guess we're predominantly known in the Mac space, and uh, several years ago, Apple stopped doing a wired version of their aluminum keyboard, and so when they stopped doing that, we introduced our version, and we took over all of that business because we found that there were still you know, a huge amount of people out there, uh, and especially businesses, things like schools, um, employers that wanted a wired version of the keyboard, and they weren't able to get that, so they come to us for that now. Um, a couple this, this looks just like the, like the uh, Apple keyboard. That's right. It's it's got the little chiclets. I love this chiclet feel to these keys. This is fantastic. But it's got a full nine nine keypad. It's got the real arrow keys for all the arrow key junkies, right? Absolutely. And one core distinction between our keyboards and Apple's is we have more key travel. So that's why you like the feeling of these keys so much. We actually, on this particular style, uh, it's a 2.1 millimeter um, key travel. and That's, Apple, that's huge. Yeah, there's a 0.9. And of course, on the phone, it's nothing. So, you know, for people that are that care about that, it's a lot more ergonomic. It just feels better. Right. So uh, this one is silver with white keys. You've got you got space gray, and you don't have to buy an iMac Pro to get it, huh? That's right. <laughs> uh, and this particular one is ten keyless, which means it has no number pads. So some people prefer oh. a more. Uh, That's interesting. That's a compromise between the little tiny one and the full size. So this has the arrow keys, but it's still got home and end and a couple extra keys. Now, is this wireless? Is that one's also one wired? Bluetooth. Oh, yes. This one's Bluetooth? Yes. So All it's right. wireless Bluetooth. I'm and a fan of wireless, but I know people like wired keyboards. Absolutely. So again, we have a range. So, you know, 10 keyless to full size, and we have Bluetooth, wireless, we do RGB backlit, we do regular backlighting. So there's a whole full range and also different colors as well. Uh, obviously, these are the most popular, space gray and silver, but we also do rose gold and and gold. Oh, there you go. Come on. Let's have some fun, right? All right. So what are you announcing over here today? Okay. So uh, the new uh, product that we have announced is a programmable Ergo Pro. So this, this is a completely different style of keyboard compared to these slim, obviously, these slim style over here. We're going to describe this in detail because this is audio as well, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So this is a split keyboard. I've got, there's yes. two totally separate pieces. Totally separate. So this is a lot more ergonomic. So in it, as I was mentioning before regarding key travel, this one has a 3.5 millimeter uh, key travel distance. Oh wow, it's pretty clicky too, feels yes. nice. So these are mechanical key switches. This is our own quiet click mechanical key switch. So it's... I'm clicking and I'm hitting, I've got my mic next to it. So we made mechanical key switches which are quiet, which is... Uh, That's a good trick. Yes, because you know, they're usually really loud. So um, a lot of people love that. And of course, it can be configured in whichever way is most comfortable for you. But obviously, it's got these big um, gel... Um, wrist rest? Correct. Uh, wrist pads right here. So that makes do it those, a lot more Do those come off? 
And well, this right here is how you tent the keyboard. So you could have negative tilt, you could have it flat to start out to get oh, kind of the hang wow. of it. But you can adjust it in whichever way works. So Most just keep start. moving it till it's comfortable. So what you really want to do is you want it to be in line with the natural way that your arms are neutral are neutral exactly in more of a neutral position so normally you know you might be up like that you might and that causes a lot of strain and repetitive strain on your wrists over time um, and again with the higher distance of key travel um, that tactile feedback is a lot more comfortable for your nervous system and for your wrists and and the feeling that you get in your fingertips and over time it makes a big difference yeah so, yeah yeah so uh, start what is oh, was there something else you wanted to tell uh, me about? well I was gonna say you can as I was mentioning you can do different configurations so you could do say negative tilt if you wanted, and that even straightens it out even more so, so it it's really actually tilted down and towards the Correct. laptop yeah so the way that your arms go so you're not up like that you would be down more like that so it, it depends of course on how you have your desk set up whatever's comfortable Correct. for you that's yeah. important thing so starting with your existing uh, keyboards what kind of price points are we at in these so they range in price uh, in the starting from the wired 10 keyless model from 55 um, up to 139 depending on the model well, that's not bad at all yeah that's, that's the range. yeah that's great and how about the new uh, ergo keyboard so the new one I just wanted to mention one core uh, sort of fun trick this one is programmable so so what that means is you can program in macros um, you know you can do words of up to or excuse me sentences of up to 60 characters or words or keyboard shortcuts so oh, wow text expander in a single button correct so I'll just give you an example oh she I just tapped one button and it said hi my name is Selena hope you love this keyboard that's great <laughs> and uh, you know there's a few others on here um, well, my name is Steve. It's fun to program the keyboard. Steve, did you get to the keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and so for this particular model, again, it's being ergonomic and it's more of a substantial, um, you know, keyboard in terms of your health and your ergonomics. So this one is priced at two twenty. So they, again, the range in price, right? It depends on what you want. So, so whereas this is two twenty, you can get one of these ones starting at fifty five. But Just, how much is pain worth to you, correct. or lack of pain? I think two twenty is a good price. That is very great, very nice. So, where do people go to find these products, Celine? Uh, well, they can go to our website, um, www.matthias.ca. And that's one T M A T I A S dot C A. Correct. And um, you know we're available world worldwide. We have distributors all over the world. You guys have been around for a long time. Always yes. make great products. I love that you've always supported the Mac, and the Mac's better than ever now. Thank you so much. It's great to hear that. We really appreciate you coming by. I've been in touch with Selena from Matthias, and she says she's going to send me one of their keyboards to try out. So hopefully, a review will come along soon after that. And now, for the grand finale of the CES 2020 interviews, and I know Frank is really upset about it, we're going to listen to one that Steve very, very carefully chose for just this very honor. Well, when you see in the press list that there's a Charmin robot, you pretty much got to stop by. So I'm here with Greg Weaver of P&G. Uh, this is getting a lot of attention, isn't it? It certainly is. You know, the premise is we've all been there, right? Stuck on the commode, no toilet paper, hello, no help in sight. This is the answer, the Charmin robot. You fire up your smartphone, the app. Because you're playing on your smartphone anyway. It's there anyway, right? You might have to stop playing baseball to fire up the app. You call the Charmin robot, it brings you a fresh roll of Charmin, saves the day. You know? Okay, come on, come on, be serious. So what we're looking at here, this is audio and video, is a little robot that is being smart controlled by a phone here, and it has a uh, roll of toilet paper on, so on top, and uh, 
That's its whole job. That's its job. One job, and an important one, uh, should you know. Now, who is in charge of putting the Charmin onto the robot for you? Yeah, that's something you're going to have to preload in advance. Again, these are conceptual prototypes, but these are real issues consumer has. That's true. We have all been there. I'm glad, I'm glad to see that P&G is, is taking a lot of this seriously. Are you guys showing anything else here today? We've got a couple other prototypes at our Charmin Go Lab. Um, one is called Charmin Smart Sense. It's a device that hangs on your bathroom door. The sensors pick up the gases in your two or your toot and tells you when it's safe to enter the bathroom. <laughs> you guys just sit around thinking of this stuff. This must be a fun place it to comes work. from everybody. Everybody poops, everybody knows, right? We've read the book. Yes, of course. Our last concept is called VIP. It's a premium porta potty. It is virtual reality Oculus Rift enabled. So when you're at that show and you got to go, you don't miss a beat. You step in, you put in the Vera goggles, you've got the best seat in the house. <laughs> well, uh, Greg, I think you've, uh, you've covered just about everything important that we have learned about at this show. And I'm glad you're our last interview of the night. This is, uh, I look forward to having a robot come to me with my Charmin. Thank We're you very much. You. Enjoy the go. So... I think the funniest thing about that video and hearing the audio is the fact that I didn't realize it was a joke until probably halfway through. So anyway, I thought uh, Steve chose a very, very appropriate uh, uh, last CES interview for us to enjoy. And uh, I, for one, am sad they're over, but uh, I want to thank Steve again for all the hard work he did. And that's going to wind us up for this week. Do not forget to send in your dumb questions, comments, and suggestions by emailing me at allison at podfeet.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Now remember, everything good starts with podfeet.com. You want to become a patron in spite of my better advice, or you want to go over and cancel yours right now because you really need the money, podfeet.com slash Patreon. If you still want to donate, but you just want to donate once, that's podfeet.com slash PayPal. Again, do not do this. If you have any financial troubles, do not. I promise me, okay? Don't do it. If you want to join in the fun of the live show, uh, which, by the way, has been absolutely hopping with everybody home and bored, head on over to podfeet.com slash live on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And you know what? You can hang out with people from New Zealand all the way to Japan. It is in every place in between. It is a whole lot of fun. You can do that on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time and join the friendly and enthusiastic Nocilla Castaways. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.